Shalom. Good morning, church. It's good to see you wherever you are right now. May the blessing from the Lord be with you, be with your family wherever you are right now. Are you ready to praise God? Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand up and give Him the big hands. Hallelujah. Every nation, people from every nation, people from every nation, and from generation. 
God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated, church. We come this morning to encounter your presence, oh God. To see you face to face. How I need you. How we need you, oh God. We humble our heart to come to your presence. As 
Okay, good day to you, GB Amadan Plaza. Such an honor and privilege to be here to teach the Word of God in this church. Well, I've known this church for quite a long time. I know that this church has made quite an impact in Madan. So I thank God for you. Well, this is my first time to be here. I'm Raga Louie and our church, New Wine International Church, sends our warmest hello to you all. Well, some of you may never even heard of me, but that's fine. You won't go into hell because of that. <laughs> so that, so my aim is when I teach the Word of God is to bring clarity on it so that you want to just you you won't just feel it but you will understand it because in Matthew chapter 13 verse 23 the, the Bible said that those who listen and those who understand the word of God will be fruitful so my goal today is that you can have clarity in how good God is what he has done for you and what you can do for him what you might want to do for him so i also want to thank you for your hospitality generosity towards our senior pastors pastor robert and leah our our pastors has been ministering at your church at yearly basis if i can correct it and they've been treated so well so well shout out to the hospitality team so thank you for honoring our pastors. I want to give honor to Pastor Bambang and Pastor Eddie as well and all the team in this church. Thank you for all your willingness, selflessness to build the kingdom of God. You know, I've known Pastor Bambang for quite a long time since I was kindergarten, I guess, when I was still a toddler. Uh, and you guys should check his sermon as well for this monthly sermons. I believe you'll be greatly blessed. You know, I've listened to all of your sermons, especially for this monthly sermons, to make sure that I'm in the same, I have the same aim, I have the same goal, I have the same, I can understand what you want to say. So I was greatly blessed by it. So I want to preach on things. I won't preach on things that has been preached. I will preach. I will just gonna preach what comes from my heart, what God has put in my heart. So. I believe that today's sermon will be very relatable. Today we're going to talk about righteousness, worship, and integrity. So, my sermon today will be called The Presence Carrier. 1 John 4 verse 19 said, We love because He first loved us. And even 1 John 4 verse 19 on the Passion Translation, I, I, I will read it to all of you. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. We, see, I believe that we have a different motivations when we come to the service. You may come to service because you feel good with the worship. You want to do good to God, to get blessed, so you won't get cursed because you want to love God or something, you expect something for God. I believe a lot of us has quite a motivation right there. But... The Bible says that the reason why you be able to love your others, the love your significant others, love other people, and you love God is simply because He first loves us. You know, this is what I believe. The true pride of Christian faith is never in about how we love God, but it's about how God loves us. The true pride of our faith is our God, is God of relationship, He's not your megalomaniac, faraway God, but He initiates relationships. He's not a faraway God who doesn't really care about you, but he's, he, he cares about you. He keeps on loving you. And because Christianity is never about what you want to do for God, but it's about what God has done 
for you. And through an understanding of what God has done, you're good to love Him, you're good to worship Him selflessly, willingly, and wholeheartedly. See, this is what I believe that the more you understand His grace, the more you'll be willing to give worship. Because you are not the initiator. He is the initiator. You are the responder. Do you, want, do you know what I've... Do you, want to, do you know why I have to tell you this? Because I've sensed that so many people in the church, whenever they come to church, they have lots of motivation. And some of them, and because they're afraid of going to hell. They're afraid that they, they, they will be cursed. They're afraid that God won't bless them. But the Bible says, hey, in Romans 5, chapter 8, that even while you're still sinners, God loves you already. Christ died for you already. God bless you already through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Okay, let me read it to you. Uh, Romans 5, verse 8, the Passion Translation said, But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we're still lost and ungodly. I think this is a very powerful statement. So many people think that if I don't love God, God will hate me. God won't love me. But the Bible clearly says, even while you're still sinners, while you're still lost, while you're still ungodly, Christ showed His love, proved His love, died for you already. If you have a heart, I think this will touch you. Right now, the reason why you're here, watching the online service with so much passion, is simply because God loves you even before you love Him. The tr because the true blessings, this is what I believe about true blessings. True blessings that you can ever have is never about wealth. You can have a wealth, but you can have a lousy life. It is about you've been made peace with God. The true riches that we could always have is that we've been made peace with God, that God is not angry with you. Because every time He sees you, He sees through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, let me give you an example. You, you know, I have a specifically made glasses. This is this, this the one, where it has a built-in shades or uh, you dark sunglasses, if you want to call it, that you can take on or take off. I love putting those things with medical masks, you know, because it made me rec not recognizable by a lot of people. Some pastors know that there are times when you just want to be just who you are, when you just want to enjoy your time and not being recognized by people. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I guess you all can relate with this. And I got back to the parking lot in my apartment and my partner was sitting next to me. And I talked to her. I just talked to her that, hey, why is the parking lot is darker than usual? And she laughed her ass off and she said, because you forgot to take off your shades. You forgot to take off your sunglasses. That's why it looks darker. Because even your sunglasses is dark. And, and oh, I just, oh, makes sense for me. And I took it off and I saw that the lot is as bright as usual. Well, it's darker because I see through different lens. It is that lens that changed how I see the lot. That is the same like the cross. The cross is the new lens where God intentionally put in His eyes and through the lens called 
the cross, that's how God sees you. You know, you are, you are not righteous because of your work. You are righteous because of His work. Because of the good Father sees you through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is what I believe. The biggest presence you can have through all your life is His unending presence in your life. This is what I believe. In, there, in life, there are things that you need to work on. There are things that we need to let go, but there are things we need to accept. There are things we need to just accept that we open up our heart and we just accept it because there's nothing we can do to earn it. And this is something that you must accept, that, that God loves you. Accept that God is for you. God is with you. God is not against you. God is in you. He died for you even while you still hate Him. The only thing that you need to accept in your life, no matter how hard it is, that God loves you more than you love Him. Do you know why I tell you this? Because this is the foundational of where your faith is built. When you understand that God bless you and God loves you even before you love Him, you'll give more willingly. You'll give more selflessly. You give not because you expect blessings. You give because God has been way too good for you. And He still bless you. He's already blessed you. He's still blessing you. And He will bless you. You don't work to earn His grace and love. It's been given. You don't work over it. And you know, the Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it says that He who has no sin become sin so, so that us could become the righteousness of God. Your righteousness is a gift from God. You know, because so many people said, but you have to work for your salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Bible said there's a big difference between work out your salvation and work for your salvation. You work for your... The Bible says in the Philippines said that work out your salvation because the salvation's in you. You don't work their salvation so you can have the salvation. You work because you have it. You work it out. How by working out? By living a life, such a life that glorifies God, by being having integrity, by giving the life of worship, by being in the presence of God, by being a good father, by being a good mother, by being a good children to your parents, by being a good person. Because when you being good, when you do good works, People can see your salvation. People can see your God. People can see who He really is through you. Do you know why? Because you might be the only Bible that people ever read. And I believe in this church. This is what I believe. I believe that there's so many people that live such a life that glorifies God that it's easy, easy for people to see Christ through you. You know, however, while it's amazing to die for Him, it's entirely different situation to live for Him. So many people can die for God, wants to die for God. You, you may have heard about the martyrdom stories in the first century Christianity, but not many people are willing or prepared to live for Him. So many people want to go to heaven, but not all people willing to answer Jesus' prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth. 
as it is in heaven. So how do you live for God? This is what I believe. This is, this is going to be the central of our sermon today. By enjoying His righteousness. Second, by restoring the tabernacle of David, your worship in your public and private place. And the third, live a life of integrity. Okay, let me repeat it just for you. By enjoying His righteousness, by restoring worship in your public and private place, and by living a life of integrity. I think this is powerful because do you know worship? So many people say that what is worship? The Bible says worship is a response to the goodness of God. When you lift up your hands, when you kneel, when you when you're on your bended knee, when you cry, is a response of how good God to us. Worship is powerful. I, see, I, I'm just curious. Have some of you seen, like to see YouTube? Well, I came from YouTube generation, so YouTube really interests me. But what really interests me the most is not the video sometimes. It's the comments of the video. See, uh, I came across lots of YouTube videos, sermon video, worship music video, and I found... When I look at the comments, maybe some of you, the young people have liked to see in the YouTube comments because it's very entertaining, it's very amusing, it's very <laughs> funny in such a dark way. <laughs> see, this is what I believe. This is what I've seen with my own eyes. When I look at the teaching or sermon videos, all I see is lots of divisive comments. Oh, Jesus is not Lord. Uh, this pastor's preaching bad or something like that. It's very bad. Uh, there's a lot of devices from maybe from other religions, maybe some bad comments, some, some bad comments, and some people are fighting in your comment, in your video comments. And I think I found that amusing. But this is funny. When I saw the worship music video, there's a lot of compliments. They said that I'm not Christian, but I feel peace. I'm not Christian, but I feel so warm. What's happening here? The music is good. I love it. See, as a, as a teacher, I understand that sometimes even Bible teaching can be quite divisive. Sometimes it could divide people. People from different doctrines could be divided because of that. But music, worship, it always puts people together. You should have seen the comments sometimes. You, you, you ask, you, you, if you have a ch children, you ask them and you let them look at the comments. <laughs> because this is what I believe. Teaching makes God understandable. But worship makes God experienceable. So, uh, some of you may, this is, some of you may, this is the first time you've seen, you've heard the word experienceable. But let me share these stories. I have a friend not really a friend, a friend of my friends. He's an old acquaintance of mine. And uh, he's a professor. He lives in Singapore. So he said that he's a scientist and he said, he declares that he's a minister. That, that I've, I was shocked the moment I knew that he's a Christian, that he believes in Jesus Christ as his personal savior and he actively pursuing the relationship with God. I was shocked at that time because I thought that, hey, I thought lots of scientists are agnostic or atheists. 
how come you become convinced of Christianity? I just, I'm just curious with that because all I know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but so many scientists, they're not really God, godly people. They're, they don't just, they just don't care about religion. They just don't care about faith or something. They, all their, their religion is science. That's what I thought. But the moment I, I talked to him, this is, this is fun, funny because he said that, I thought that because he's a very uh, smart guy, I thought that because he's, he will say that because Christianity is historically accurate, Jesus really died from the cross. I thought because every scientist, they need to think in systematic ways so that they will look at the history and something like that. I, I believe you understand what I'm talking about. And But what interests me the most is that he believes that while it's true that Christianity is historically accurate, but also experience, experiencically powerful because it's experienceable. This is the reason why he believes in Christianity because it's historically accurate, also experienceable. He said that the, all things in the Bible, you can experience it. So this is what I believe. Christian faith is not just true, but it works. This is really powerful. You know, when you lift up your hands in worship, when you sing, when you declare that you are no longer slaves to fear, when you, know, when you no longer want to have fear in your life, you lift up your hands, you come to worship, and you will know that you are not just knowing God, but you can experience Him as well. And I believe right now, you're experiencing Him right now in your, in, on a daily basis. This is, I'm just going to share some insights. Worship, worship comes from Greek word proskuneo, which literally means to kiss. This is really interesting. This is powerful. Can you imagine what people, what you will answer when people ask what is Christian worship you know that every religion has their own sets of worship their own terms of worship but you know what's interesting when people ask what is Christian worship what is worship means in Christianity you can answer in a very simple question worship God means kissing God wow okay let it sink deep down in your hearts first. And the Bible said, worshiping God means kissing God. So when you worship, when you lift up your hands, when you give your heart, it is an act of kissing in front of God's eyes. Kissing is more than just an act of honor, adoration, commitment, but also consensual. You know, beautiful things about the kiss is that when you kiss someone consensually, both of the kisser and the kissed one felt extreme joy. This is why worship can transform your heart. You know, so many people come to church to feel a great presence of the Lord. But, you know, worship is never about you. It's about God and for God. But this is the most interesting thing. But the moments you give your worship wholeheartedly, selflessly, 
willingly without expecting anything in return to become a pure heart in your worship you can also feel joy you can also feel peace you can also feel that God is with you you can also feel that God loves you because worship works like a kiss the more you give it wholeheartedly selflessly willingly consensually the more you experience joy freedom peace happiness so there's a couple of verses that I, want, I just want to share to you. In Colossians 1 verse 27, the Bible said that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians 3 verse 17 says that Christ may make His home in your hearts through faith. This is very powerful because the Bible said that it is your heart that is His home. His home is not heaven, but for Him, His home is your heart the person of God lives in you so this is the most interesting thing I hope I hope all of you can relate with this I hope all of you can understand this so many so many people looking for the presence of God that's why they go to church and something which is really fine because there's a presence of God in church as well but here goes here goes the logic the presence of God always follow the person of God so if the person of God lives in you, that means the presence of God also lives in you. So what, what I want to say is this, you are not just a presence consumer. You're not here to just consume the presence of God, but you are the presence carrier. You carry the presence of God because in your heart, you carry the presence of God. You exist not to just enjoy the presence of God, to give glory to God, but also to, also to carry His presence because Jesus lives in you. Wow, I think this is a good sermon. I think this is a good preaching. I think if you have a heart, this will change your heart a bit because I think this is powerful. I think this will change your, the way you see yourself because I know that so many people, they really want to go on site with church. Of course, we pray that someday we will go on-site in Jakarta. And I, all I've known that in Medan, some on-site service has been opened. You already start on-site service in certain cities. But Jakarta, you, you still yet to be able to do that. Only a very small churches be able to do that. But this is the most important thing. The moment you understand that you are the presence carrier, you will understand that the presence of the Lord transcends all platform. You can be in your home. You can be in your house only watching online service. But the moment you change your mindset, I believe you can feel the presence of the Lord as you are in the on-site church. Because the same God who lives who sits in the on-site church. Also the same God, same presence who lives in your heart. So this is, this is just a tips. Whenever you go to an online service, if some of you may not get used to it yet, of course, some of us may not be able to use it, get used to it for a while. But this is the mindset that I want you to know. Whenever you go to an online service, tell yourself, tell your heart, tell your mind that the Bible said, I am the carrier of the presence of God. 
the presence of God is with me. Whatever is online, is offline, is on site, I will feel it. I will experience that God is good and God is with me. He will never forsake me. Amen. I think this is good preaching. I think this is really nice. Accept your righteousness. Establish your worship in the public and private place. Do you know why? Because that is what we call it as integrity. You know, because there's a lot of compromise in our society. People that think nothing about being dishonest, making underhanded deals, not keeping their word, they wonder why they can't get ahead. It's because they don't have integrity. You know, integrity is the foundation that a successful life is built on. You can have talent, you can have vision, you can have determination, but without integrity, you won't reach your highest potential. And a person of integrity does the right thing when no one is watching. They don't play it on a computer because the boss stepped away. They don't lead people out of commission because they don't know about a sale. They don't cut corners of the job site because nobody will find out about it. They give it their best whether anyone is there or not. Integrity means you're the same person whether people see you or not. Do you know why some people may, I don't know, uh, whether is this integrity culture is prevalent as strong in Indonesia? I don't know. Maybe some of you are having a hard time. I understand that. It's not easy to, to be straightforward, to become good in this crooked place. It's not easy. But this is what I believe, that your reputation is one of the most valuable things you have. The proverb says, Solomon says that a good name is worth more than great riches. You can have a great wealth and be looked down on, seen as shady. But when you are a person of integrity, when people look at you and think, I can trust them. They will always do the right thing. They are honest. They are fair. They don't talk to me one way and then talk to my friends behind my back another way. They're consistent. You know, you know why, why God wants us to have integrity? Because Matthew chapter 5 said that blessed are those with pure hearts. I believe that you have lots of teaching about integrity and it's okay to, to relearn it again uh, on the first week. And uh, I believe your church is talking about years of integrity. And I believe you've, you've listened to lots of teaching, lots of studying about integrity. I'm just going to speak from a more practical purpose, practical side. You know, your reputation is important. Your name, your reputation is too important to let it become tarnished by not having integrity. Integrity brings you peace. Integrity invites trust. Integrity brings you to the higher level. Integrity makes you trusted. Integrity attracts blessings. Because when you do the right thing, when you stay on the high road, that will take you much farther than being dishonest, manipulating, trying to gain an unfair advantage. You know, John chapter 9 says that Jesus saw man named Nathaniel coming toward him. The verse 47 says that Jesus knew Nathaniel's thoughts. He honored him. Can you imagine? Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, honored Nathaniel and he said that here comes a man in whom there is no deceit, an upright, honest man. That is free from hypocrisy and double standard. 
That should be our goal. God, I want to be so above board, so full of integrity that you'll describe me like you described me, Thino. That there's no deceit in me. Maybe you may think that, well, that's not me. There's a business that you just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. It's never been easy to have integrity, especially in your life, especially when your life is complicated. And so I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not here to do something. I just want to preach the truth. And I just want to help you to clarify things, why integrity matters. So I hope that this will clarify enough so that someday you will choose it by yourself. You, through the Holy Spirit will give you some strength to do what it needs to be done. I pray that right now, the Holy Spirit is right there with you. Because you can make decisions to honor God. When you have integrity, you're in the same in the private as you are in public. You don't treat people at work nice and kind and then come home and be rude and harsh to your family. Some of you may not think, some of you may not thinking that well, no one sees me. Yeah, but God would have seen it. The scriptures say that it's little foxes that spoil the vines. I doubt many of you have big areas where you're lacking integrity. Some of you, some of you right now, maybe lots of you are men of integrity. But maybe, maybe there's some small things. And the good news is it's not hard to correct it. It just takes a little bit of effort. Digging down deeper to do the right thing, it means getting out of nuts where we've gotten comfortable compromising and doing things that are less than our best. You know, there's these stories about there is a beef soup or you may call it soto uh, uh, in Jalan Roxy, you know. There's this place that has been there for years, maybe three or four decades. The place is not that good. The place is not, there's no air conditioning on it. But the, the funny thing is that beef soup, that soto, has been, has been there for a while, but it's still crowded. It's still very, so many people want to buy in that place. And even before night, all the beef, all the soup is gone already. And this is what in, what's interesting because so many people, when they eat there, they said that the taste hasn't really changed. The meat is still lots of quantity. There's still a lot of quantity of meat. This, the broth is still the same. And, and, and the taste is almost the same. So this is really what interests me. The reason why they can survive that long because they maintain integrity and consistency of their broth, on the quality and the quantity of their meat. So those ability, those willingness to maintain integrity is what makes people trust them, invites trust to the people. So that people still eat there, no matter how many times, no how many decades they were there. You know, I, I have a story, one more story. So, you know, uh, you may have heard of these stories. There was a wealthy man that had a friend that was a builder. This builder had been down on his luck and not had much business. The man felt sorry for him and decided to help him out. He gave him a set of plans with a check of $200,000. He said, I want you to use these funds to build me a new house. You had all the details. Just call me when you're done. He assured him he would pay him very well. 
if he'd do a good job. Of course, the builder was so excited that he finally had some work, but he got to thinking. If he would cut a few corners a little bit there, save a little here, save a little there, he could pocket some of that money without anybody knowing about it. So he went out and found the cheapest concrete he could find, had the workers water it down so it could go further. He saved several thousand dollars on the foundation. He bought the cheapest lumber. Some of it was old, crooked, warped. He didn't care. He's going to be behind the walls. Nobody will see it. He got the cheapest plumber, cheapest electricity, on and on, right and left, cutting corners, pocketing the money. You know, when he finished, he had saved nearly 40 grand bucks. He was so happy, he called the owner over to look at the new house. The owner was very impressed. Looked beautiful on the outside. You couldn't tell he had cut corners. This builder couldn't wait to see how much he was going to get paid. He knew the owner was a very generous man. The owner says, this is what intrigues me. You know, I don't really need a new house. I have a beautiful one. I just want to help you out. He handed him the keys and said, here, you just build your own house. <laughs> and the builder nearly passed out. He thought, if I know it is going to be mine, I'll build it a whole lot better. Yeah, of course, you're going to build it a whole lot better. You know, integrity, I, be I believe that God is just like the owner, the generous guy, and we are like the builders. Actually, when God asks us to build an integrity, actually, He's asking us to build our own house because the one who has integrity is the one who gets benefit the most. Are you a worshiper inside out and outside in in the church and in your house? Do you give to God wholeheartedly? Do you give your, your everything to God? I don't know, your money, your time to God wholeheartedly, selflessly, willingly? See, because righteousness is God's gift to you. But integrity is your gift to God. So righteousness is things that God's been given to you. But integrity is how you respond. Integrity is about how you respond to the righteousness. How integrity is righteousness in action. What will happen when the ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ act like an ambassador. So, right, integrity is righteousness, salvation in actions. This is a gift to your God. So when you worship, do you know why we have to remind it again about worship? Because when you worship, you're reminded again of who you are in Jesus and you're reminded of again of what you can do to represent Jesus in your everyday life through that's why why the worship is the essence of righteousness and integrity because through worship you are reminded again that God loves you not giving up on you God is there for you he's blessing you he's with you he loves you because of the cross and worship also reminds you what you can do to him what you want to give for him because you've he's been so good to you your integrity is also your worship to him Because you don't just live for God, but God lives in you.
I pray that you believe, you understand that you are no longer a slave. So, I hope you're blessed. I hope this sermon can change your heart, can help you, will be supplemental in your daily work, in your daily journey with Jesus Christ. So, I pray that you'll be blessed. And I pray that this will bring peace in your life. Father, I would just want to say thank you. Or you've been a good God, that you love us so much. Please help them know that you are near. Help them know that you are not giving up on us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I'm sure all of you have been blessed by the wonderful message today with the theme being the carrier of God's presence shared to us by beloved brother Reguel Liwai Sotanto from New Wine International Church, Jakarta. And this month has been a special month of giving for us where we bring our offering of first fruits for the year 2021. And today, this Sunday, is our final opportunity to do so. If you haven't already, let us prepare our first fruits offering. And before we offer it unto God, let us read this declaration together. Let's begin. Right now, we, your people, bring unto you our offering of first fruits for this year with thanksgiving and a joyful heart for your promises. We declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. The Lord has provided all that we need to eat, drink, and use. It is God who has blessed all our work and efforts, thus enabling us to bring this offering. May the Lord be pleased by the first fruit offering that we bring with a willing and sincere heart. Let us say together, Amen. God bless you all. Good at your mercy and do it forever. 
people from every nation. People from every nation and parts, from generation to generation. Generation to generation 